to admit that without the clones, it would not have been a victory. Victory? Victory, you say? Master Obi-Wan, not victory. The Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen. Begun. The Clone War has. So why haven't I heard of this squad? Experimental Unit Clone Force 99. The defective clones with the uh, desirable mutations. 99, eh? Huh, nice touch. They call themselves the Bad Batch. Cavalry has arrived! Hello everybody and welcome to The Last Missions. This is a Clone Wars recap series hosted by both the Friends of the Force and Doing Talking Podcast. I am your first host, Brad. And I'm your other host, Madison. And we are here to talk, as we've said, about the Clone Wars. <laughs> This is a brutal intro. I apologize, but <laughs> that was a great dramatic pause. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, I don't know as if you keep talking or not. <laughs> as the tea clings down in the background. <laughs> well, folks, it is here. Clone Wars. It's back. Clone Wars is saved. We made it. It only took like seven years to finally sit down on our couches or our beds with our tea in hand and to click the audio button thing, the remote play. That's the button I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> And to watch the opening crawl of the Clone Wars appear on our screen for the for the very first time in such a long time. And to experience a story that we have yet to have, have experienced, unless you read some of the spoilers online, which we didn't here. We're spoiler-free no. for all these arcs. Right, Madison? Nope. Um, I don't know about you, but when the Clone Wars logo came up on the screen, I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> it does that. It has that effect. <laughs> I, I think both of us had very different reactions because you got very emotional, but I just, I thought I was going to cry, but yeah. then I just had this big, like stupid grit on my face the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Just the fact that we we finally made it, you know, for so long, we were wondering when the release date would be. Was it going to be 2019 with the Mandalorian? What's happening with the Clone Wars? Is it ever going to come out? Given that things continue to seem, seem to be continuing to get shuffled around. At, at Lucasfilm in terms of some different projects, whether it's it's you know writing scripts, etc. So, you know nothing's definite until it is out for release or has a definite release date and is close. And this all uh, happened. Finally. As we like to say these days, unless it's on StarWars.com, do not trust it. Exactly. 
<laughs> so I'm just here to be podcasting today, Madison. I had a near-death experience today. We'll talk maybe more about that another time on this show, but Goodness. not in this series. But I'm just happy to be alive, being alive, as Adam Driver would sing in Marriage Story. And yes. we're here to talk about Season 7, Episode 1, The Bad Batch. Who is it directed by, Madison? Kyle Dunleavy and written by Brent Friedman and Matt Mishnevitz. I think I said yeah. that right. I did my that best. That was a perfect pronunciation, I'm pretty sure. All That's right. as perfect I can get, as it can get. <laughs> so Madison, this episode, The Bad Batch, what were your overall thoughts? What did you like? What didn't you like? Was this a appropriate introduction back into the Clone Wars universe? Did it feel natural? Did it feel like we, we never left these characters or these stories? Honestly, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It just felt like it never left because it didn't come back with like this really huge episode trying to outdo, you know, everything that came before. It just came back with an episode that felt so right because it was so clone centric. And this is the Clone Wars. And so much of the series is really centered around Rex and Cody and our other clone characters. So it felt very right to come back in with an episode that's very focused on them instead of like kind of going off on the Jedi path like it does so often with like Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. It was just like, here are your clones. Get reintroduced and reacquainted with Rex and Cody and the rest of their crew. And then we have the Bad Batch come in as kind of the new characters to kind of throw a wrench in things. And I really enjoyed it, just getting to spend time with clones again and see them go on a mission and learn how to work together. It was a lot of fun with a lot of great action, too. I completely agree with you. I would say the, the comment that you made about this episode not trying to outdo itself, I think, is important because sometimes if you try to outdo yourself and really like impress too much or try too hard, you fall short. Mm -hmm. And that episode, this episode def definitely didn't do that. And I, I do like that it was so clone centric for the Clone Wars, because that's something we mentioned on our or our preview episode last week about how this series is special and that it didn't just continue the stories of our core characters, but also gave personality to many of the different clones in the war and made these stakes seem a lot higher than we might have thought. And exactly. I start to kind of get that feeling of of the war is wrapping up soon. I, I kind of feel like that tone was getting set in this episode, especially with Rex and Cody in that one room together talking, which apparently was a, an added scene compared to some of the unfinished reels of the Bad Batch that we've gotten before, which we'll touch on. But this was an added scene and I think is trying to almost put a, a common through line in the entire se in the season to get to the point of like, hey, you know, some of the troopers are reminiscing on the war, the, the, the folks that they've lost, Echo and Fives, Cody looks at and gets sad about, and we all get sad about when we see that picture. Yeah. We're like, wow, wow, good times, good yeah. times. And to, to kind of just feel that looming doom, especially when I think it's either Cody or, or Rex mentioned, sometimes in war, it's hard to be the one that survives. Mm -hmm. It just kind of made me realize like, yeah, there's going to there's about to be a bunch of death happening soon by the hands of these clones. And that's kind of tragically foreshadowing. Yeah, I really felt that sense of foreboding in that scene where it's like they're kind of getting to the end and Rex is like, wow, I'm kind of the only one left here of that original group that was so tight knit. Like he wasn't part of Domino's squad, but he worked with them so much and they're all gone or so we think. Um and yeah, you can just really feel like this is getting really close up to that 
Inevitable Order 66 and you already feel that dread setting in even at the beginning of the season because like you're he's sitting there looking at Cody and talking with Cody who you know is going to give the order you know just a short time later to fire on Obi-Wan Kenobi it's just like crazy to think about yeah and, and Rex obviously being on the opposite side of he escapes and takes out his chip so he's like one of the very few clones in the entire army that's gonna make it through this whole thing which obviously we know that from from rebels but it's it's pretty wild to think of the trajectory of the season and, and just kind of keeping that in the back of your mind at all points in time i think emotionally can prepare you you just, made me, you just made me really sad brad thinking about how like rex and cody are so close and they're gonna go like on two totally different they're gonna go in two totally different directions yeah do good soldiers follow orders madison uh, not when it's order 66 <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is going to definitely be an emotional season overall, but let's talk about the Bad Batch for a couple minutes here and the yes. history of when the, the Bad Batch started. So obviously the, the Clone Wars was canceled in 2012, then it got revived in 2013 with the, the, the last, the lost missions. See, I did it. I did it. We're going to have to make a, um, a last missions jar. So anytime one of us mixes it up, we have to put like a dollar in the jar and then we'll use those funds all right towards I'm, the I'm, show. I'm all for this okay so that's a dollar for me so the lost missions appeared on netflix and that was what we thought we had gotten and then it came out later that there were a bunch of unfinished episodes that didn't have the full visual effects and writer brent friedman who not only wrote this episode but wrote the entire arc of the bad batch described the original wisdom of the episode being the best defense is strong as a strong offense he said this in may 2014 and the whole point of this arc was supposed to be Echo following up on his story after he was killed in season three in the episode Counterattack and how Rex is again missing some of the members of his squad that have been gone. And now later in 2015 at Celebration in Anaheim, they got the actual full arc, the Bad Batch arc with total four episodes shown at Celebration. Now fast forward five years later and we have what's going to be the finished versions now with some added content. So is it pretty crazy that we've had this, this story out there, like kind of just lingering for so long? And yes, some people have known what, what happens in it, but for you and I, we, we personally haven't kept track of spoilers because we mm -hmm. don't want to. Yeah, the Bad Batch has been in the works for a long time, and it's kind of crazy like how different people are coming into this. Like Some people have seen the entire arc already, and they know what's coming, and then there's people like me who are like experiencing this for the first time and are like, this is awesome. I have no idea what's coming next. <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of the fun of it too. I don't I wouldn't want to know what's happening, you know? Me it either. kind of takes out some of the mystery. Yeah, exactly. But I'm I'm super excited for what's to come down the pipe and I know we're going to get some glamour shots of Anakin in this arc with his long luscious locks. All right, you open the door. You open the door. I open the door. Please take <laughs> it away. I want to hear more about Anakin's hair cuz we don't talk I enough about hair in Star Wars. I just want to say that was one of the highlights of the episode for me was seeing just how far Anakin's hair has come. <laughs> Truly something to behold. That, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Twice the shampoo, double the conditioner. Yes. <laughs> but Madison, let's meet the Bad Batch. So we finally have gotten to the point where we're introduced to them. We saw the clip of this at Star Wars Celebration this year, which was the first time we've seen the finished clip. And if I remember correctly, everybody went nuts when yeah. this got shown. I had no idea what it was because I'm a fake fan. 
But when you saw that <laughs> celebration, you saw the Bad Batch for the first time. Did you have any sort of context with that at all? Or did you just kind of get excited because it just was Clone Wars footage? I don't think... I don't remember if they mentioned it in the panel what it was or not. I honestly can't remember. But I remember thinking those guys look really cool. Can't wait to find yeah. out more about them. And then I think oh, it yeah. was like after that kind of when everyone took to Twitter and was like the bad batch. I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the cosplay this year is going to be insane, I think, at Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I want some bad batch cosplay, which Star Wars fans will do it. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah, I have no doubt there's going to be a lot of crews out there as the Bad Batch. And I mean, who can blame them? Because their uniforms are awesome and they're super unique, too. Yeah, we don't get many different clones. And I think that's the thing about the Bad Batch I enjoyed was they each had different faces. And that gave them all very distinct personalities, distinct voices, distinct traits. They all had their certain specific skill. I think of like a video game almost. They were very video game-esque, like. When you go oh, on yeah. like, a raid with your friends in a video game, you're like, you're the medic and you're the engineer and you're the the marksman, you know? That's kind of oh, what yeah. it felt like. It's super D&D or like uh, an, an MMO where it's like, you're the tank and you're the healer and also <laughs> <laughs> you're the rogue. Like, I could see the stereotypes, but like, it's so fun and done so well that you don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of and- buy into it because of how either funny or menacing they are or also just very mature in some ways more so than some of the clones they just know what they're doing they have a hundred percent success rate that's crazy a hundred percent completion oh my god (laughs) achievement unlocked and it was so crazy too because like d bradley baker is amazing right he plays all the clones and he he keeps a fairly uniform voice going between all of them because they are clones, but he does kind of have a little bit of difference between each of them, a little bit of a difference in inflection. Um, and a lot of that's due to great writing as well, where each of the clones talk a little bit differently. But when the Bad Batch showed up, it was like, whoa, that was not what I was expecting because all of them sounded very very unique and it took me a minute listening like is that d bradley baker but it's like yes it is he's just so diverse with the amount of voices he can do it's incredible i loved how he really emphasized how each member of the bad batch was really really unique and they're different from these regs as they call them the regular clone troopers yeah this isn't my favorite bad batch member but i think that crosshair has the most like the coolest voice out of the four of them He's very cool. Yeah. He's very chill. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see Sam Whitworth's tweet yesterday? Um, what Remind me, what was it? So Sam Whitworth, who, who for those of you who might not be familiar with the name, voiced Maul in Star Wars The Clone Wars. He said on Twitter, the thing about D. Bradley Baker doing all the clone voices in Clone Wars, it's not actually true. The truth is Lucasfilm cloned D. Bradley Baker and each of his clones voices one clone. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Cloneception. Now that would be crazy. Yeah. But so funny. Everybody's just having fun with the Clone Wars, and I think this is something that we need in the fandom right now because I personally need to take my mind off of the Skywalker saga and just to distance myself a little bit, just regardless of anything, just kind of to explore different stories and kind of look at different symbolism than I'm used to kind of analyzing. And I think this is a great week to just sit back and get a new story but who was your favorite bad batch member and why well i gotta say it's hunter and it was kind of love at first sight 
Have you seen that hair and the headband? Come on. Right, right. It was like the hair just blew my mind. It was amazing. (laughs) He was just so cool. And I loved what a great leader he was because he did very much feel like the leader of the group to me. Um, And I was impressed with his peacemaking ability, too, because they did start to have some conflict in the middle of their mission, whereas like the Bad Batch was... Uh, challenging Rex's leadership and they were even kind of punching each other a little bit and he he's like hey we're all working together we're all working towards the same goal and he had no problem even though you know they called in the bad batch to help because they Rex's tactics were getting you know they were being predicted by the enemy so they had to bring in the bad batch to help but like hunter didn't behave with arrogance and like oh i'm in charge of this mission and i got this you know he actually deferred to rex's leadership and was like what do you think we should do what's your plan and they really worked well together and i respected him for that and i love too they have that moment where you start to see rex accept what they do and he's like i want to go in guns blazing he's like i like your style <laughs> he's yeah like, I'm learning it from you guys and that's just the kind of the what makes us different makes us whole yeah and also i have to mention hunters amazingly cool i don't know what to call them i'm calling them electro knives they, they were amazing i love yeah. how he just like didn't even bother with a gun much he was just running in there chopping up droids <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> i'm really excited to see the episode guides for these 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 episodes coming out and what details that we might uncover through them but i think they're coming out you said monday every monday yeah i think tracy canobia said it was mondays okay yeah it's gonna be a long time to wait so unfortunately we can't discuss on the show but maybe if we find something that is interesting we can always bring it up the week after exactly kind of like a look back and we're gonna be talking about the bad batch for a few weeks so yeah yeah exactly so we can definitely integrate some of those those newfound uh that newfound knowledge but I am a huge fan of Wrecker. Now, Wrecker is such a goofball. This guy just likes having fun. Wrecker just wants to have fun. Make that a hashtag, okay? <laughs> we stan him. He's great. He seems like he's got a good mix of we need to get the job done or get out of my way. I'll just do it myself sort of mentality. But then he's also just making and cracking jokes whenever he possibly can. Like the first yes. time the Bad Batch gets there, he's like, the cavalry has arrived. He talks about, you know, he could d- demolish the entire army with one hand. And and when he walks away from the explosion after he rescues Rex, he said, or after he rescues Cody, he just says, boom, and the thing blows up. <laughs> like, cool guys don't look like explosions. They they uh, they walk away. And, and, that narr- was and narrate. He takes it to the next level. He narrates the explosion. Right. <laughs> It's so good. But my personal favorite one that I was cracking up at at 7 a.m. in the morning was when he <laughs> he turned to Crosshair. And he goes, hey, look, Crosshair, this little clanker likes you. <laughs> and he starts shaking the head of the battle droid in front of him. And it's so good. I look at Wrecker like the group cheerleader, too, because he's like the one hyping everybody up as they're flying into the mission. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the part where uh, he's going to save Cody and Crosshairs is like, oh, he's going to lift the gunship off of Cody. Like, he's not moving <laughs> yeah. Cody. He's moving the gunship. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude does not skip arm day, for sure. No, he has no chill. That's what's kind of cool about these these clones in particular, because they have such supernatural skills compared to the normal regs, as we'll call them. And that's what just makes them unique. They're they're mutated, but they have desirable traits. 
they're the they're the x-men right and you gotta wonder like would they be looked at the same if they didn't have those desirable traits like if they were if they were just the quality of a reg but not the same look would 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 everybody be as accepting about them do you think that's what's interesting to think about because they're called, you know, Clone Force 99, named after 99, who was, you know, had mutations like them, but what, but didn't have these like superpowers. So he was, you know, relegated to maintenance work, basically. He was almost like a janitor. And I feel like that's what would have happened to the Bad Batch if they hadn't had these special abilities that made them valuable because... You know, we've we've learned the Republic doesn't care about the clones as people. They just treat them like a resource, like if they're like they're basically battle droids and they don't really treat them like people. So they only value you as much as you can contribute to the war effort. So it's it's interesting to think about, like, how the Bad Batch would be treated differently if they weren't so effective on the battlefield. Yeah, Uh, that's a great point to bring up because we got to remember 99, obviously, because that's very fitting and even rex mentions that makes that comment and i love yes. two on wrecker's helmet i think in oribesh the number system and for oribesh it spells out 99 on his helmet as well which is a nice little it. ode to to his sacrifice which what happens to 99 is obviously very <laughs> tragic for those who haven't watched but it's uh it's a great story and i'm glad we're we're kind of again it's this whole like the war is starting to come to a close we're remembering those who we've lost and we think that we think those losses are minimized, but truly they're not going to be. Unfortunately, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about like in this situation, knowing what's coming next, you know, Revenge of the Sith is looming on the horizon. So it's like you can enjoy the victories temporarily, but you're like sitting there thinking we know what's coming and it's going to hurt. We're going to board the pain train again. <laughs> <laughs> Now, speaking of what's to come, Madison, so we got to speculate about what's going on with Mr. Echo here. And no, I'm not yes. talking about Mr. Echo from Lost. I'm talking about Echo, the clone trooper who died in season three, the episode counterattack, as we mentioned before. So what do you think? What do you think's up with Echo, Madison? Is this uh, is this a trap trap or oh, is, is this really something that could turn the tide for the clones attitudes? That was a plot twist for me. I had no idea. That, that was going to be a thing in this arc so i was like wait a minute echo is alive i've like already mourned him grieved his death and now he's back the <laughs> years later so it was like a moment of happiness and excitement but then a couple minutes later i was like wait this isn't going to be good i just mm-hmm. i have a feeling that he's going to be hooked up to some machines and they're just going to basically be using his brain, his mind to use all those plans that he knows to be able to anticipate what the Republic's going to do, what Rex is going to do. And I just think there's probably not going to be much of Echo left. And it's going to be a tough situation because it's like, will Rex be able to save Echo? Will he be able to rescue him and take him back to the Republic? Or is it going to be a situation where Echo's been so indoctrinated or mind controlled to where Rex has to take him out like uh, the way star wars typically goes it's tragedy so (laughs) i am prepared for the worst uh yeah the pain train (laughs) begins choo choo the pain train it's speeding up (laughs) (laughs) the wheels are turning madison i have a thought so obviously we know from rebels luminara that situation not what we expected sifo ds season six i believe also not something we expected when we try to go looking for him so yes. now we're in a situation where we're looking for yet another character. This character's name is Echo. 
and it seems like they are using him for the purposes of warfare and to develop and counter strategies of the clone army. So what if he's just like a chip? You know, like what if he's just a chip with the knowledge of Echo, but it's not actually Echo? And mer- and and what Rex was hearing are merely echoes of Echo. Like what was left behind on that chip? Legit. Like, yes. Yeah. Even though it is I- his knowledge still somewhere in there, you hear the echo of 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 CT one four zero nine. Like, like they just kind of extracted his mind in a way and he's become an AI to yeah. use like a program, an algorithm, as they call it in the episode yeah. to use against the Republic. Wow, that's and, sad. And it could end with, you know, them destroying the AI because they know that the Echo wouldn't have wanted this. And to really, yep. truly lay him to rest, they, they're going to have to kill them, kill him, quote unquote, you know. Again, we, we haven't read any spoilers, so this is like pure speculation where we probably are way wrong <laughs> but i don't think um, so brad i don't know who knows <laughs> that sounds like it's yeah that sounds pretty legit um pain train pain train indeed well we're gonna unravel this episode's fortune cookie as you could call it right up front at the top of the episode we were all probably wondering what was going to be the intro piece of wisdom that the clone wars feeds us every episode and again as brent friedman said in, in 2014 it was originally going to be the best defense is a strong offense, which, yes, defense does win championships for sure. Absolutely, they win championships, but you also need a good offense. And I think that's the Bad Batch in a nutshell, because did you see them yeah. traverse across <laughs> that battlefield with that shield? Like, nuts, Honestly, right? iconic, legendary. <laughs> like, the way they just moved so fluidly, and there's that one shot when they enter the cyber when they enter the cyber center, it's just one single continuous take. And yes. it really goes to show how they can just overmatch their opponents rather than letting the cutting and the editing of the frame tell the story of the Bad Bash. That's just simply throwing us in the trenches with them. And even like when they take the comms tower, it's all very quiet. There's no music that's playing and it's still very fluid and kind of continuous in some ways. And you really just feel like you're there with them, which I love. I am such a sucker for long tracking shots. Like, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. And that was so awesome seeing that in this episode when they stormed the center. It was wonderful to watch. And the first the first battle we see them in when they're taking out all those droids um, kind of on that flat plane area, that was amazing because it reminded me of Rookies when we first see... Actually, no, that's not Rookies. I can't remember what the name of the episode is, but it's when we first meet like Domino Squad and they're training together on Camino and they're like not working well together at all. They're both like they're all going their own separate ways. They're ignoring each other and they just keep failing over and over again. And watching the Bad Patch work together so perfectly, it was like, this is the dream for like every clone group, like regiment. They all want to work together like this. Ideally, they're just, they all know like who's suited to which role and they accept those roles. They don't try to challenge each other. They're just like, okay, you're good at this. You're good at this. So here's how we're going to help each other out. And they just work together so perfectly and achieve amazing things. They were just so great to watch. Is there anything they can achieve? Is anything too far out of their reach, Madison? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. They're just <laughs> the like the dream the team. Limit. They're the 95-96 bulls, honestly. That's yeah. the best way I can <laughs> describe them. So this episode's wisdom is embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. 
So what does that mean to you when you saw this? Oh, man. Well, the first thing I I thought of when I saw this was the fandom, honestly. (laughs) Big yuck. Sips tea. Yeah. The fandom's in a rough place right now. And I was like, man, I wish that more of us could have this mentality of embracing people who ship something different than you or like a different movie better than you like you like episode three they like episode six that's okay (laughs) i just i wish more of the fandom could come together and just love star wars instead of all fighting about the things we disagree about and just kind of let people have their own opinion let them scream into the void if they need to you know yeah, I'm totally yeah. on the the mindset that if you're screaming into the void on Twitter, what other places do we really have to to kind of do that in our lives? Are we going to go scream to our coworkers or our friends that don't watch these movies about this cuz they they would probably just stop talking to us. Yeah. So, Twitter <laughs> is very cathartic. And I think as long as you're screaming into the void and you're not tagging creators and you're not tagging Disney or Lucasfilm or Star Wars, which please Please don't do that in either don't. <laughs> mine or Madison's tweets on Twitter. We really don't like that and don't want to have to, you know, block or soft block or anything like that. But and please might as well take the opportunity to like, please don't retweet our tweets and at creators or comment and at yeah. creators either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think if you're really just screaming to the void, you know, I don't personally go into other people's threads about who like certain aspects of Star Wars that I don't like and tell them why they're wrong. I often feel like I'm on the receiving end of here's what I don't like and then people coming into my thread and telling me why I'm wrong. But I think Mm -hmm. if we can all just learn to realize different people are going to have different things they attach themselves to in Star Wars. And yes, even if one recent movie wasn't necessarily many of our cups of tea, the Clone Wars is something that we can all unite around. And I think the this opening was kind of very on the nose. I don't know if it was planned. I don't know if this is, again, we knew originally it was the the best defense is a strong offense. Like, did they change this to make it applicable yeah. to the current discussion and discourse? You got to wonder, you know? Honestly, and- I love Star Wars when it gets really meta. It just feels so fitting. It's almost like the experience I had when I was watching The Last Jedi. That movie is so meta. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I guess I want to take the opportunity to say this too. I feel like a lot of our days on Twitter would be much more peaceful if we all kind of started practicing this policy of like, if you see a tweet that you don't like, just keep scrolling because it does wonders. (laughs) It does Mm -hmm. wonders for killing discourse. Like if you see someone that you agree with and you want to respond, great. But I, I personally think if you see a tweet from someone that you don't agree with, I think we should most of the time just keep scrolling. Yeah, the, the block yeah. and mute button are great. I have probably 5,000 accounts blocked and I'm going to have to do another block uh, blockchain pretty soon here on a certain account that I won't name. But even if you're getting blocked on Twitter, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you did something wrong. It might just mean this is how I want to shape how my timeline looks. And I'm, I apologize that you're kind of a part of that. And I've had to kind of grapple with that from when I've gotten blocked by certain people and I've kind of had to come to terms with like, you know, everybody's got their own way to make their timeline appear. It's, it's a good use, again, to, to block and to mute and to unfollow. Do whatever you have to, to do. 
Yeah. To quote a great meme that I saw the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What a statement. (laughs) We are millennials. Wow. (laughs) Love it. Peak millennial culture. Right. It it said, I blocked them. I blocked them all. Every single one of them. (laughs) Not just the men, but the women and the children, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, man. Anakin memes are always iconic, even all yeah. these years later. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, we, we've talked quite a bit on the, on the fandom, how it relates to this opener. But what do you think in terms of the inner workings of the episode now? Let's turn to what it means for the plot and also what the Star Wars universe is trying to tell us for the story we're being told. What does it mean in the context of the, the Bad Batch? There's the regs and then there's the, the Bad Batch. And I think it's interesting how like when the Bad Batch comes in, Rex and Cody are like, uh, check out these guys. You know, they're kind of wary of them at first. And the Bad Batch is also wary of the regs. They're like, we're not used to working with regs. You know, they're yeah. each group is kind of looking down on each other at the start and kind of not not super excited about working with each other. But then they learn to embrace each other's differences. And that's when they really start working well together is when they're not challenging each other, when they're not coming into conflict with each other. They're like, okay, so here's what you're good at. Here's what we're good at. And they, we have great shots like that long tracking shot. And when they raided the first outpost together, they're all standing back to back and it's working really well together. And it just shows how like when you have a team that has a variety of skills, a variety of qualities, instead of everyone kind of thinking the same way working the same way you can achieve more mm-hmm. than you would otherwise it goes to show yeah like you said diversity and, and specialization especially are very important and rather than just sit there and butt heads the entire episode and not get anything done they learn to accept those differences and realize that with each of their differences they're a stronger whole a stronger unit a stronger team so and i think that's something that can even be applied in the real world you know we when you think about it the bad batch is actually kind of it's kind it's of like an insult in some way. In some yeah, way, it's a very you know? derogatory name, yeah. It's like you're basically saying, you know, this batch of clones is bad because they were quote-unquote deformed. Mm-hmm. So it is pretty, not the best look to call them that, but that's, it seems that they've really embraced the name yeah. too because they realize like, yeah, we're the bad batch, but we literally get every single job done that we've ever gotten. And I think that's another great lesson of the episode too is like embrace what makes you different and what makes you unique from other people. Like instead of being ashamed of it, embrace who you are and don't care what anyone thinks and just do your own thing and you'll you'll get a hundred percent completion. Right. A hundred percent success rate because <laughs> you're not letting anything hold you back. I love it. Right. Because the, the, the Bad Batch wouldn't, you could have easily at some point in their careers just sat back and not done anything, but they, they stuck to it. I'm sure they had a ton, a ton of, of just bullying and hearing a bunch of crap from other clones. And yeah, doubters. I, I even think of somebody like Thrawn too. Like Thrawn was different relative to the Imperial Navy. He was an alien. They didn't necessarily always get promotions in the Navy, but mm-hmm. he just dealt with the shit and he got to, to be a commander. And yeah. that look, you know, he just stuck to the course and embraced his differences. And some of those around him also embraced his differences, like Eli Vanto. And it just goes to show, like you said, just just live it. Just just flaunt it as much as you can, because that's what makes you yeah. special. 
And I mean, I guess I should mention Anakin, too, because he does make a brief appearance in this episode. But it's like he's always thinking outside the box of like what the other Jedi do and how they complete missions. And he gets things done that other Jedi generals can't and other troops can't because he's always thinking ahead of his opponent. He he thinks outside the box. He's very inventive. And yes, he's the chosen one. He has an advantage. But I think that's one of the great strengths of Anakin is that he's not... Um, He's not like an Obi-Wan or a Mace Windu who's very right. like straight, straightforward by the book. He does things differently and he really earns the respect of his men. And that's something that's great about him. And with Ahsoka too, because of who she is as a person and because of Anakin's influence, she's also much the same way. And she's really following her own path now yeah. and striking out on her own and kind of embracing the fact that she's not... Uh, like these other prequel era Jedi, she's kind of seeking her own answers about the Force and stuff. So I think that's a great message that Star Wars is sending. Yeah, and I think identity is going to be a huge theme this season, both for the clones, somebody like Rex, who are we in this war, what are we doing, and Ahsoka after leaving the Jedi Order, and Maul, who's trying to rise to the top of, of the criminal syndicate system and be just yeah. the most hateful, vengeful person out there to have it all to sit on a mountain of gold. Yeah, I think the big question is going to be like, who who are we at our core when everything we know falls apart? Right. Oh. That sounds <sighs> the so pain bad train. when you put it that way. The pain train, which speaking <laughs> of which, so we're going to introduce a new segment here on The Last Missions. I got it right that time. That's a good feeling. Yes. Each week, depending on what happens in the episode, as long as there is a moment that we can talk about in this context we are going to have a segment called the pain train and so what we want all of you to do who are listening to this episode is join us you've purchased your ticket to the pain train this train ain't stopping until may there's 8th. no getting off there's no getting off you are fully on the pain train starting now until episode 12 of season 7 and there will be refreshments there will be complimentary food service and entertainment <laughs> once a week you want to buy some death sticks <laughs> Madison, I think you want to go home and rethink your life for a second there. <laughs> yeah, this is the pain train. So, without further ado, welcome aboard. All aboard! <laughs> You are on it. Welcome aboard. We are glad you could join us. And no, this is not the Polar Express. You have missed that train by two months. So, <laughs> Madison... My pain train moment of the week was the credits, the opening credits. Soon as I saw the Clone Wars come on, you know, I thought they were going to hit us with the Star Wars logo like they did for the Mandalorian to really set this apart. Being a Disney Plus original season, but they didn't. It just went right into it. I was not expecting. I was expecting some sort of maybe build up or montage of like the Clone Wars is returning. But the fact that they just throw you right into the thick of it, into a space battle above an axis. No shit's yep. given. They're just they're just going. And you kind of have to just sit there and take it all in. And I was so overwhelmed. <laughs> I did. I had to like rewind to see what was happening because I was just crying. Not like sobbing, but I was like smiling. I was teary eyed. I was just I felt like a kid again. You know, the kid in 2008 that decided to take a chance on the series because he loved Star Wars so much and wanted to see more of it. And it just completely blew me away. And now here we are 12 years later watching the final season of the show and it just kind of all sunk in at the same time and i was overwhelmed and the pain train began 
at that point. Yeah, I don't even think I heard what Yularen was saying. <laughs> War! I was just so... <laughs> See, like, I was freaking out so much I didn't hear anything. Like, I heard Anakin Skywalker and Mace Windu and Anaxus <laughs> and, like, I I heard, like, weird, like, Spider-Man. words every now and then. <laughs> Spider-Villain dude. Mr. Trench. <laughs> I, like, I, like, wasn't processing the rest of it because I was just like, whoa, look at this. I can't believe it. <laughs> It was all very overwhelming. It's probably going to be overwhelming yeah. each week, especially the final episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't, the, the intro didn't have like the new Lucasfilm intro that the Mandalorian had with like all the helmets and stuff. It just jumped right in. Would be kind of cool, actually. Would you, what would you have thought if they'd shown a bunch of clone helmets and like Ahsoka's face and everything? That would have been cool. Yeah. Why hmm. not? I wonder why they decided not to use the the new like Disney Plus Star Wars thing. I wonder if it's because like the Clone Wars was a pre existing thing that's yeah. like now being moved to Disney Plus and they just wanted to keep it classic and the yeah. same. Maybe keep it consistent too with the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just checked. He doesn't start with war. He starts with the battle for a Nexus. But it's close yeah. enough. Close On enough. brand. Close On brand, enough. Tom Kane. So Madison, what was your pain train moment? Would you also agree with me on the opening credits or was there something else that really hit you in the feels? I would say my moment was when Rex is looking at that picture of Domino Squad. Mm -hmm. That hit me hard. I was just like, Fives, my boy, my son. (laughs) That's my boy! (laughs) It's my son! (laughs) Let me through! Let me through! That's my son! That's my boy! That was me, basically. I mean, that's been me for like the past two months, but that aside. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, wow, we've really come such a long way. I can't believe it. Yeah. We're here again all these years later, seeing the conclusions to these clone stories, or at least the closing chapter in the Clone Wars for them anyway. Yeah. And that just hit me really hard, like thinking about all that Rex has been through and all the people he's lost. And yeah, it was hard. It was hard. <laughs> By the way, we haven't talked enough about the animation. I want to hear your your thoughts. What did you think of how the episode looked? Did it have a distinct look from previous stuff? Because I, I thought that it was completely hit out of the park on this on this episode and probably for the rest of the season. I thought it looked beautiful. I mean, yeah. it wasn't so drastic that it looked like super different from the clone wars that we know and love but i did notice like how the the visuals had been enhanced like there is more facial movement even than there was before um and one nice window specifically for some reason yes yeah and um one aspect of this episode that i noticed in particular was did you notice that it was a lot like crate like several times there were these crystal shards flying everywhere, like when they slid down a hill or when the tanks crashed yeah. through like the trees and they were shattering like glass. It reminded me of crates. Yeah. Like the sound effects were incredible. And I was just looking at all those tiny little fragments that had been animated. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like, look <laughs> at this. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty interesting planet. Like when they when they do first crash, I loved how it looked. It really sparkled on my screen. Yeah, it was amazing to look at. Which, speaking of Anaxis, by the way, this planet, as a Rebels Easter egg, this planet was actually in the episode for Rebels Gathering Forces and Out of Darkness. And it also featured the Fen- the Fernox, 
or the creatures that were <laughs> looming in the background behind the clones were also looming behind Ezra in Star Wars Rebels. So, yes, I remember that episode. Speaking of that planet and some of the cooler elements of it, but it seems like they got a cool creature population going on. Yeah, for sure. They're actually pretty terrifying. They're 2.48 meters long. They're very scary. Like I was I was kind of scared of Ezra when he like summoned all of them in that episode. Or was it just one? I think it was like one big one. Yeah, I think they were like raiding the supply drop or something and Hera and yeah. Sabine had to I think it was oh yes. I think it was when they went to Anaxis and they had to go inside that hangar and get the supplies out and bring it to the ghost. Mm-hmm. But then all of the the fern knocks were like basically preventing them from leaving and they had to wait till like a certain time of the day when they would wouldn't be able to come out okay i think i'm mixing two different episodes in my mind it's been too many years it has (laughs) we need to do a rebels rewatch clearly and somehow believe it or not this show is making me want to do one already we need to because i mean we all know there's a rebel sequel series coming i speak it into existence honestly would be such a huge missed opportunity if they didn't animation wise is the future of star wars and they're going to tell some pretty incredible stories, I think, with those characters. Hint, again. hint. Lucasfilm, we would hint, love hint. to see it. <laughs> <laughs> please give it to us. Spare some rebel crumbs, please. Spare. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel all the time anytime I see Star- the Star Wars account tweet. I'm just like, please more. Please give me more content. I'm that, I'm that give of, I would like to see it. <laughs> I would say like 99% of the fandom would love to see it. You just had to say 99, didn't you? I did. It was on purpose. That's pretty much it for this episode. We've talked about the Bad Batch episode. Madison, did you have any other thoughts on what happened this week on The Clone Wars before we kick it out? I think that's it for this week. I'm just ready for the next one. I need it. All right. Me too. I'm so excited. Again, this is a nice Friday morning ritual to now wake up and have Star Wars content each week. So. I can never complain about that, but Madison, why don't you close us out here with a tease and also tell the listeners where you can find you in doing talking. We have a fun guest coming up soon on the show. You could say he's a minor guest or you could say he's a major guest. You know, who, who can say? Who can say? What do you? Yeah. <laughs> I would consider him may, maybe a, a major guest. Pretty big one. Big I would agree. One. Yeah. He or she. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, so if you're looking to listen to Doing Talking, you can find the show, of course, on doingtalking.com, and you can also listen on Spreaker, iTunes, and YouTube. My channel is Maddie Solo, and you can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Doing Talking Pod. Doing Talking also has a Patreon, so if you head on over to patreon.com slash doing talking, there's lots of fun content there, including some new audio commentaries for past Clone Wars episodes if you're wanting to do like a retrospective or maybe you've never watched it before and you're wanting to catch up check those out and as for the friends of the force we are on apple Podcasts, spotify google anchor you can find our twitter at friends of force and instagram at friends of the force we also have a patreon as well starting at just one dollar a month at patreon.com slash friends of the force thank you to aldranian rose cheryl michael condon neil lowry rachel world farm boy and t for being proud members of that network. And we are also a part of the Star Wars Escape Pods network, which aims at promoting positivity in the Star Wars fandom. So again, if you haven't listened to our season seven preview of the Clone Wars, we did release that last week, which 
it's still something you could listen to since we're only one episode in. So I would highly recommend checking that out if you haven't already. Go check out the awesome art that Madison made for this show. And it looks great. Ahsoka and Maul grace the cover because they're such prominent figures this season for the Clone Wars. I'm excited to see where their journey takes them. And I think that's all the housekeeping items we got this week. Again, we, we teased something. We showed off the art. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it good. Yes. And now we can officially say, because it has, we can say, begun, the Clone War has. (laughs) 